the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good, good morning, everybody, on this Tuesday, the 20th day of February 2024. Are we ready for early voting? Oh, my gosh. One of the first things I'll play for you here is a piece of oh, from Channel 8 last night. Adriana Alba was down Cleburne Way. One of the key races, you're, you're just hearing all of them through these through these wonderful commercials that I love so much. Uh, Dwayne Burns, the incumbent down there in District 58, down Cleburne Way, Helen Kerwin running against him. And a lot of people are constantly asking me, you know, who are the incumbents who are worth keeping? Who are the incumbents that are worth uh, you know, giving the old heave-ho to? And that's going to be up to you. And all I do is sort of provide information and, and give you ways to know how people voted. The Texas House is ground zero for determining what kind of state we are going to have moving forward. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick will join us tomorrow at 835. We, we had a, I had a conversation with Lieutenant Governor off the air a couple of days ago. And I said, Let, let's bring this to the public. This is important because with, with a lot of Abbott endorsements, on the table that are very much about uh, favoring or opposing his uh, vital uh, policy of school choice. It's easy to see who is in favor of that and who is not. It's also easy to see who is lying about it. The people who say school choice is uh, is, is welfare for rich parents. Uh, school choice is uh, it, it puts illegals uh, in line ahead of your kid. Oh, the lies. Oh, the lies are pernicious. Uh, so the Paxton endorsements alongside that are largely, uh, it, it could be viewed as a revenge tour. Uh, Mitch Little himself, uh, running against uh, incumbent Cronda Timish in uh, Denton County, he told me when we had him on, he said it's more more of a more of a reform tour, reforming the way the Austin Swamp operates. And if you like the way the Austin Swamp operates, then just go for it. Listen, I've put two lists on on the on the old X Twitter. Uh, it is how your member of the House voted on school vouchers, how your member of the House voted on the Paxton impeachment, and you just go do what you want to do. All right. Uh, you know how I feel about school vouchers. I think they're a fantastic idea and people are lying to get you to oppose them. And you know how I feel about the Paxton impeachment. It was intellectually dishonest. It was ridiculous. And there are two kinds of state reps, those who have sort of distanced from it and not worn it like a proud sandwich board for the months since it happened. And those who have doubled and tripled and quadrupled down as if it's just the most principled and wonderful thing they ever did in their lives and to do otherwise uh, is a character flaw. Uh-huh. So you just do what you want to do. I would tell you that if you have somebody, if you do a little cross-checking, 
on those two lists. And the Texas Tribune has them if you don't have access to my uh, – just just to uh, how Texas House voted school vouchers, how Texas House voted Paxton impeachment. And if you've got somebody who voted to impeach Paxton and opposes school vouchers, maybe that's somebody you want to return to private life, um, thoroughly private life because they're obviously all in private life. Texas legislator is a part-time job. Um are there people who voted for Paxton's impeachment who I think deserve to be kept? There are. Uh, there, there are some folks for whom the Paxton impeachment was a window to, uh, to, to a thoroughly Swiss cheese, inadequate, swamp-flavored uh, uh, cafeteria conservatism that is not great. And then I'm just going to pick a guy. Uh, you have Matt Shaheen, who is so right on so many other things and has not beaten you to death with Paxton impeachment for the weeks, uh, uh, the months since, um, you know, and, and listen, all these folks have opponents, as I've said, listen, make your case. And I would always ask them other than the Paxton impeachment, uh, what, what reason is there to kick out an incumbent? Uh, we'll give somebody a chance to do that uh, in one of the Collin County races uh, today. In House District 61, Carissa Richardson will join us at 9.05. Uh, she is facing uh, Frederick Frazier. And um, now Frederick's interesting. Paxton impeachment, yes. School vouchers, he voted correctly. Uh, there, there are other issues other than that. So we'll ask her what the basis is for ousting an incumbent when Carissa joins us at uh, 9.05. 8.35. It's always one of my favorite things when a uh, ad campaign has been lying through its teeth about you. Uh, we like to have you on to have you respond. Uh, that was part, and listen, obviously, in the very busy congressional Texas 26 race to find a successor to Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, um, uh, big crowded primary there. And uh, I was glad to have uh, John Huffman, mayor of Southlake on, uh, just because he appears to be a, in, in the at the near the top of the pack. There, there, may, there may be a, a runoff there because that's a busy race. I don't know if anybody's going to get 50.0001%. Uh, when there were lies told about him that his showing up to address or showing up with then South Lake Mayor Laura Hill to address a seething um, uh, white suburban South Lake Town Square crowd filled with uh, police haters uh, to urge calm and to um, make sure they don't uh, you know destroy businesses in South Lake, that that was viewed as support for BLM. That was a damnable lie. I identified it as such, had him on talk about it. Brandon Gill, uh, a rival uh, of his in the, in 26, uh, has the Trump endorsement, uh, Dinesh's son-in-law. That's a nice gig if you can get it. And uh, it has a lot going for him otherwise as well. Uh, you've probably heard this one 47 times. Brandon Gill favors defunding the police. Whoa, what's that about? Well, that's called Brandon wants to dismantle the FBI. The FBI is so corrupt. And so beyond redemption that maybe it's time to just sort of, you know, break that thing down and start from scratch. That's a view you can hold. It has a kind of a Vivek flavor to it. Uh, it certainly ain't liberal and it certainly ain't defund the police. That is wildly misleading. And so uh, Brandon will be on to uh, talk about that uh, and various other things, congressionally speaking. Brandon Gill, 835, Carissa Richardson in House District 61 at 905. So um, so there we are. So here comes early voting, and a lot of people are annoyed uh, by early voting. This is not crazy weeks and weeks and weeks 
of early voting. Our primary is, uh, what, two weeks from tomorrow, the actual election day. And if you're a traditionalist and are thinking, uh, I'm going to wait for actual election day, good for you. I tend to do that, too. Um, as Mike and I talked about yesterday, with all these devices that are available to us, if you can use them legally, do it. Uh, because what keeps me a little bit awake at night is the notion of a lot of the traditionalists saying, I'm going to wait for Election Day. And then you just get busy. I'm going to wait for Election Day. And then you, 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 you know, you break your arm doing yard work. Oh, couldn't get to the polls. Um, if, if, if you can go today, go today. You know, if it's just been, if at some point, if we just think we got too much early voting, then we can rein that in. But if you've got it, use it. We need absolutely every single vote. And the overall thing I would say, and, you, and listen, you can agree, disagree, because there are a whole lot of people who just love Dade Phelan, a whole lot of people just love the Austin Swamp, a whole lot of people who don't think we ought to have school vouchers, a whole lot of people think Ken Paxton should have been impeached. And guess what? You guys get to vote, too. You guys, yes, you do. <laughs> Very kind of you are. You guys get to vote too. But I do not believe that those are prevailing views in Texas right now. Uh, do they, are they strong enough? Is there sufficient revulsion at Dade Phelan's fiefdom in Austin that he himself will get beaten by David Covey uh, in uh, Texas District 21, which is down by Beaumont? Man, that's a big ask. But guess what? Those are big endorsements like Donald Trump and Dan Patrick and Ken Paxton. There's a trifecta of endorsements. Is that enough to to oust the Speaker of the House from his own district? I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm not telling you it's impossible. And listen, you guys can make anything possible. You know, all these things that that are that involve elections. Well, that's impossible. Nothing's impossible. There's some things that aren't real plausible, like, you know, Trump winning California in November. Not real, likely. But uh, but over time, you know, look at the, the conversion of Wisconsin from a blue to a, a fairly, well, to a red state and now kind of staunchly purple. Uh, look at the, the various, uh, look at Ohio, whose working class uh, union populations made it a pretty familiar Democrat enclave. Not anymore. So can things change? Over time, and do some of those changes happen with a, a fork in the road at a given election? Absolutely. And maybe this is that election in Texas. Maybe today's beginning of early voting leading to today's, to, to, leading to this year's Texas primary on the 5th of March. By the time we're all counting votes and staying up late and watching the returns, maybe this is the time that a message goes forth. That maybe it's because people are sick of feeling, or maybe it's because people don't like the uh, you know the Paxton impeachment vote, or maybe it's 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 folks rallying around Governor Abbott because there's been a ton of rallying around Governor Abbott as he has full throatedly joined the battle for the Texas border, and obviously cares so much about school choice that he is opposing incumbents. That's the Dwayne Byrne story, and he's not the only one down in District 58 in Cleburne. A governor showing up to try to get rid of a sitting uh, House Republican? That must be something he cares deeply about. And he does. And he should. And you should. Because school vouchers are right. They are good. And they are proper. And they will make all schools better. So here's something that makes uh, every day better. 
Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. Lord, as we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. Because if we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Uh, a couple of things, uh, schools and public spaces being safe. We had a kid with a gun at a charter school in Mesquite. Uh, he was finally restrained, but it got very tense, and we'll talk about that a little bit today. Because it, every ever since Uvalde, and not just because of Uvalde, uh, every school where something like this happens, just instant huge attention on how they responded. Seems everybody did things right uh, there, there in, the, in the charter school in Mesquite. Um, huh, it's well, let me just take the break before I get going and we'll come back and uh, I'll, I'll actually play that Adriana de Alba piece about uh, Abbott opposing a sitting uh, Republican uh, over the school choice issue is and again, because is, is if you care about this, if they're if they're incumbents you want to keep, they'll be kept because you chose to keep them. If there are incumbents who are thrown out, they will be thrown out because you chose to throw them out. The power is yours. Power of the people. The, the power of the voting public, it, it, it sounds poetic, it sounds lyrical, sounds like a platitude, but it is the way we run things, <laughs> at least for the moment, in, in a country that we'd like to keep resembling America and a, and a, and a state we'd like to keep red. And, and by the way, not just with people who happen to have an R by their name, but with real conservatives keeping Texas red in the way a red state acts and feels and votes. Mark Davis, 721. Steely Dan's Asia, 1978. Little black cow. On the occasion of Walter Becker's birthday, he would have been 74. He and Donald Fagan, of course, the creative force behind Steely Dan. Walter passed away back 2017. So we'll throw you some Dan today. And I've got a couple of other noteworthy musical birthdays from the from the Mark Davis Show wheelhouse. <laughs> 70s classics. All righty. One of the classic matchups. Uh, we've got uh, Dwayne Burns, who's voted correctly. And there was his commercial, too. <laughs> the timing here is just sublime. You have to understand that I have never have any idea whose who's spot is coming up. I choose to talk about stuff at times of my choosing. And sometimes the uh, the coincidences are, are, are interesting. So here's one. Here's Adriana de Alba from Channel 8 last night uh, down Cleburne Way talking about that particular matchup. Where Helen Kerwin, who has the Abbott endorsement and the Paxton endorsement, uh, and who I'd like to see win too, quite frankly, uh, is um, is is up against uh, Mr. Burns. And uh, so here we go. 
a battle between some Texas Republicans is brewing. Let's rid our party of any who masquerade as Republicans. The divisive issue, school vouchers. It would devastate our community. In Cleburne, demonstrators rallied against vouchers ahead of Governor Greg Abbott's visit Monday. Vouchers is uh, welfare for the rich. Really? And I love the other lady. It would devastate our community, really, giving you some choice over how your education money is spent and where it is spent. That would devastate our community. (sighs) Hyperbole much? After nearly 20 Republicans voted against the governor's voucher proposal, it failed. Now the governor is campaigning against them, launching a political battle. There's an extraordinary difference in this race. Abbott giving Republican Helen Kerwin his endorsement. She says she'll back any future voucher fight, something the incumbent Republican Representative Dwayne Burns voted against. He votes like someone in Austin, Texas. Burns, who the governor has endorsed in the past, <laughs> responded with his own packed event an hour later. It hurts to have him uh, endorse against me. Burns says he had his reasons for voting no on the voucher proposal, which would give eligible students up to $10,000 to attend private schools. I voted against the voucher bill because it was expensive. Voted against it because illegal immigrants would have been eligible for the voucher. As the disagreement between the governor and this small town representative grows, I won't be bullied. A David and Goliath-like battle is unfolding. In Cleburne, I'm Adriana Daub. It's expensive. It's our tax money. It's our tax money. And again, that canard about illegals. If we need to shore up in Texas, and we do, the degree to which children of illegal immigrants get benefits in our state of any type, then fine, let's do that. But this is one of the best examples of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You don't destroy a superb education reform idea because of a hiccup that we can fix pretty easily if we get the right kind of Republicans in Austin. Early voting day number one, folks. Time to get the right kind of Republicans. In Austin, uh, 7:30, the right kind of talk show guy joins us next. Our buddy Mike Gallagher. See what I, I've, I was. I did something. I always do. But yesterday was a particularly meaningful and noteworthy moment that I had doing what all good Americans should do: listening to the Mike Gallagher show. And I'll tell him about it, and thus you, in our big M&M segment next at 7:31. I'm Mark Davis. Nikki Whaley is in the newsroom. The great Gene Chandler and the Duke of Earth. Nope, not his birthday. Nope, not chart history. When when toddler Mike Gallagher was walking, how old is a toddler, Mike? Were you a toddler when you're just shy of two years old? I think so, right? I think that's toddler. Okay, good. That's okay. toddler so toddler, toddler Mike walking around. Uh, Duke Duke of Earth was the number one record in the country. This date, February 20th, 1962, right? So we're just shy of your second birthday. So far, so good. So far, so good. Right. Also, pretty cool date in history. Today, 1962, John Glenn orbits the Earth for the first time for an American to do so. Wow. Three, three orbits. The great John Glenn, Friendship 7, this date 1962. You want one more cool aeronautical bit of history? It was on this why, date. Why, of course. Sure, why not? Nothing's going on in America. It is on this date, 19... Wait, I'm not going to say. It was on this date that an American president flew on a helicopter for the first time. Who was it? 
a helicopter, president in a helicopter, for the first mm. time. This is a great question because you think, well, how long have there been helicopters? Abe who, Lincoln. Who the, <laughs> <laughs> in a Leonardo da Vinci helicopter special. <laughs> no idea. Oh, no idea. Eisenhower? Awesome. I said, oh, this Civil War looks really wild from, from uh, uh, 5,000 feet. I'm Abe Lincoln. No, go, go. What did you say? What did you say? Uh, Eisenhower? I, I, exactly right. The man who was pre- really? president when you and I were born. I thought about this. Other, wait a minute. Was Ike still president when Mike was born? Of course, through the entire year of 1960, Ike was president. Until uh, until you know inauguration of sixty one, but yes, this date nineteen fifty seven, Ike boarded a helicopter, the first president to do so. Boom! There you go. This very, information this is for free. I, I'm, this is I'm very free. impressed that I I'm very impressed that I guessed that. There I'm you really are. I am too. That I <laughs> so your your first you your first whiff of Lincoln that was tricky, but then you you found <laughs> found your footing. <laughs> hey, even let, a let blind me, squirrel finds well, a nut. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you about this very 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 important talk show uh, squirrel to me, because you you they say that, you know, well, well, listen, you yesterday, I listen to you this all the time. I'm done. I listen to you, obviously. Uh, I'm in the car yesterday, and you are, and it's funny because I listened, then I got out and pumped a little gas, then I got back in and, and plugged right back in, and you were in the middle of, and th- we do this for a living. We we inform, we educate, we hopefully inspire, we entertain. We do all these things. We're trying to do them. I think we do a pretty good job every day. You certainly do, and I, you know, et, et cetera, et cetera. But your stretch of I of of righteous anger and indignation at what is happening in in our country. You, you literally said it sounds like a platitude or something that would be kind of a red meat rallying cry. You know, I can't believe this is happening in my country, but you're a thousand percent correct, and everyone should feel that way. Everyone, it shouldn't just be wow, this sucks. Or, well, this is really bad that things are being weaponized against Trump. And if they can do this to him, they can do this to all of us. And, wow, all of our institutions we used to trust are, are just lying dashed against the rocks. Well, that's kind of a bummer. It is the stuff that should indeed make us rise up with righteous anger because it is that righteous anger so skillfully stoked by you in yesterday's Mike Gallagher show that will be the, the the remedy that we need, because listen, we can't turn the courts into something fair automatically. We can't undo the vendettas and, and the, the torment of Trump or others who have been victimized by our biased systems. But we can sure put him back in the Oval Office, make them cry again, help him fix this, because it is that kind of shot to the gut that this country needs in order to make things right again. I, I rarely enjoyed a, a Mike Gallagher segment more. Well, that's very kind of you. You know, Axios, Mac, Mike Allen this morning does a chart, a flow chart of Trump's half billion dollar debt. He's facing a combined $500 million in legal debt from his New York civil fraud trial and the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't often have this kind of visceral, you know, in punch, punch in the gut reaction to something. Like you said, we do this every day. We, we navigate these 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 choppy waters every single day for a living. But this one really is a body blow. This is this is so wrong. And I and I am glad that he reacted to Navalny's death the way he did. I know his critics are losing their minds. They're saying, oh, look at him. He's comparing himself to a martyr like Alexei Navalny. No, what he's saying is what they're doing in Russia, they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that that Trump's opponents 
don't want him imprisoned and die behind bars? Precisely right. That that's what they want. They just that's haven't succeeded goal. yet. They haven't they haven't succeeded yet. Exactly. And they're trying. They're trying. And they're trying because yep. get ready. We're going to have four. What is it? Four more criminal cases coming up between now and election day. Yep. If if the courts uh, the, the calendar works the way that they want it to work, they don't want to be. Yep. They want to get it all done before November. Yep. They want to squeeze it all in so that he somehow can. They think can be stripped from. Again, this isn't even about him. It's about you and me. It's about taking away Americans' right to vote. And it's that is a fundamental right. That isn't a privilege. That's a right that we have. And they are spitting in the face of that. And I'm, I'm disgusted by it and I'm angered by it. And I don't think I'm much better off today than I was yesterday. Well, I'm that, that, well then, then I'm back today for more of exactly what the, the kind of shot in the arm the country needs. And, and I mentioned that I got out and get to, to get gas. When I got back in the car, I caught the very tail end of a bit of audio you were playing from a woman with a very recognizable voice. I'm going to seem like a big dummy here. Cause, but who was who said, we're not going to let him get away with it. We're not going to let him get away with this on Election Day. Well, it's Evidence. Helena Haba, his his lawyer, there his, uh, his, his attorney said, just, and just she said, great we're, from her. we're yeah. not going to let them get away with this. And uh, and and incidentally, they say he has to put up like four hundred million dollars yep. in order to appeal. Yep. He's got it. They confirmed it. Yep. He will. Uh, you know, and but it's still it's still grotesque. We're witnessing uh, a, a a Putin like effort to silence a political opponent, and every American should be appalled. Now, meanwhile, tonight Nikki Haley is going to give a big state of the presidential <laughs> yeah. race speech. I can do that. For, I can do that for her right now. It'll take about ten seconds. She's going to get her butt kicked in her own state on Saturday. End of well, speech. Well, give me your prediction. What is she going to say tonight? Uh, What's the speech about? Why is she giving a primetime speech tonight, where she's going to give a state of the race speech? A lot of people are saying she's throwing in the towel. No, I don't know that I believe no, no. it. Th- th- this is desperation. This is her last ditch effort to say it's it, it's it's an attempt to garner a last second flurry of attention. It will work because the dominant media culture loves her because it's great when she's on television bagging on Trump. So and she's also it, competing. By the way, Trump's got uh, a town hall tonight with Laura Ingram on Fox News. Yeah, so which which which, which do you think will get more that. eyeballs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I think Nikki Haley will just knock it out of the park. I think <laughs> I'm riveted. So, so nothing to, out of the ordinary. Message. It'll it'll be same old same old. The kind of stuff that she brought to Dallas in her midweek rally. Last week, just, uh, you know, we need to make America normal again. Listen, the election of Trump is what makes America normal again. Normal borders, normal economy, normal gender policies, normal taxation, normal business structure. So it is this most unconventional of of candidates and presidents who will indeed bring us back to normalcy. Can I ask you a how, question? How about, how about the... How, well, how about the presidential historians who put together oh, a list of the even. best and worst presidents? Know, don't even. And Trump was dead I know. last. She's totally unbiased. <laughs> and by the way, we we all have our biases. We and that's why such lists are pretty stupid. Because I'm obviously going to favor Reagan and Trump. Everybody objectively is going to love Washington and Lincoln. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, then, but you we, know what's not biased? The yeah. stock market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Well, how, unemployment rates. Right. Oh, no. Exactly. How, 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 yeah. That's not, that's <laughs> exactly not objective. Right. Exactly I mean, right. that's not subjective. That, hey, that's right. Our 401ks. Yep. You know what doesn't have a bias? Our 401ks. The economy I'd is like not to biased. look at our... Our, our economy isn't, and under Donald, how in the world do they justify an argument that says he I was know. the single worst president in American history? So in our I attempt mean, to put him back in, I've got, sure. I'm going to ask you a question right now. Just take a second and go wherever else you want to go. But it is, in a way, the most important question you and I will deal with today or any day between now and November. 
you and I notice here in our talk show world, and you, you feel it, you expressed it, this is why it's the perfect day to ask you this, and we could fill up the phone lines every day with people who feel similarly. We are furious that this has happened. Some of us want Trump back because of the policies. Other people add their uh, vigor to his reelection effort because it's just wrong what's being done to him. And they want to deliver a kick to the shins of everybody in the swamp who has done this to him. Okay, we, we, you know the type of, of mentality we're talking about. That, menta- that mentality that will back Trump in November is either a wave of of such righteous indignation that he will win, I don't want to say drop the L word for landslide, but he'll win and win decisively. That's that's possibility number one. Or it's somewhat less than we think it is, and it'll be another nail biter. God help us if that happens. Or we're in a bubble, and it's our callers and our world and our conservative angst, and we're overstating it. Well, and I'm a little look- and I don't know which of those three you- is true. You have to look at the Democrat response. John Stewart is back, and mm-hmm. I, and frankly, I'm kind of glad he is. I like him. I've got a soft spot for him. Mm-hmm. I think he he doesn't agree with us. He doesn't like conservatives. He's he's you know hard left, but he does it in a way that always to me has been with humor. Uh, he's clever. He's incredibly. Well, he's smart. actually he's actually he, funny. Funny cures he, everything. If you really, me, it, it, it just does. You know, so, he's legitimately funny, yep. and he had a really good. Uh, and listen, I'm a Tucker Carlson fan, but he takes down Tucker Carlson last night in a really powerful way, uh, really kind of mocking Tucker's interview with Vladimir Putin. And again, I, you can laugh at yourself, and I and I do. I mean, I, I again, I don't agree with the guy, but I like his approach. He got a ton of flack for pointing out the obvious that Joe Biden's too old, mm-hmm. and he did it last week, mm-hmm. and and he did, and and they boy did they go after John Stewart uh, by how dare you come off the reservation? And he joked last night in his follow up, uh, "Democracy dies in discussion." I guess how dare that guy on there TV give his opinion about how he feels and what he sees mm-hmm. and what he hears about mm-hmm. Joe Biden, and and they're all starting to say it. Big uh, Ezra Klein, big New York Times yes. columnist, Washington. you got to step down, Mr. Biden, for the good of the country. He said be heroic. Be the hero. Wrap yourself in the heroism of step and and be in being what you always said you were going to be a transitional leader to the next generation of Democrat. David Axelrod is saying it. I mean, they Van Jones is suggesting it. Charlemagne the God <laughs> is saying it. So if you look at the at, at the def- defections from their side, I think that you're looking at more of a number one or a number two scenario. And and, and yet it, it's almost role reversal because I'm I'm, I'm going to I don't want to be Debbie Downer at all. But here's the thing: because you're right, here here can be found all these people, all these John Stewarts, all these Bill Mars, all these Charlemagne the Gods, all these Ezra Kleins who are Biden skeptics, even Biden critics. But if we boil it down and we get to where it still looks like we're going until something cataclysmic happens, Biden versus Trump, every single one of those people will instantly have a massive Biden sign in their yard and will walk through fire to vote for him because they want to beat Trump. No, they won't. I don't think they will this time. I think it, I believe it's different this time. Hmm. And I do like the signs. I'm hoping it's Biden. Um, there's yeah, a big report a today in the New York Times that yep. Biden's reelection team now has 130 million in the bank. He's got a colossal cash advantage yeah. over Trump. Yeah. Trump, the RNC, their coffers are almost dry. Thank you, Ronna McDaniel. Uh, and so, at the end of the day, um, it looks like all systems go for Joe Biden, and that's just fine with me. It works Gavin for me Newsom's too. 
does. Absolutely. Gavin Newsom scares me. Uh, Michelle Obama scares me. Stop it. Me. I'm Any... no longer worried about that. Not going to happen. Well, I'm just worried about somebody other than Joe Biden. I but let, yeah. make sure we, we, we stick with uh, Joe Biden. Finally, I want to get a guest on today that uh, or later this week named Lincoln Brown, who wrote a piece over at the American Spectator. He reviewed the, the new Rob Reiner movie. Have you heard about the Rob Reiner movie about January 6th? Oh, Lord, no. Yep. God and Country, it's called. And it's got a bunch of it was produced by Rob Reiner, set for release this month. But he but the movie touches on something that has become a phenomenon in in our, 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 our current, you know, parlance, Christian nationalism. Now, I don't know if you've weighed in on this on your show or not, but this is a big deal among evangelicals. It's a big deal. Even political circles are talking about Christian nationalism. Rob Reiner, in an interview and in promoting his movie yesterday, said Christian nationalism fueled the January 6th riots. This is a very, I think this is a really intriguing issue about what is exactly Christian nationalism. The left turns it into a pejorative. Right. A lot of us say, hey, nothing wrong with being a, a, a Bible-believing, right. God-fearing Christian and having strong political beliefs that Trump is the only guy that can fix it. To me, in 30 seconds, Christian nationalism is people who love Jesus, love America, absolutely believe that God had a hand in the creation of this great nation, and part of our desire to keep this country great is faith based in no way does it involve a theocracy or making or jamming christianity uh, you know against people's will down their throats at all at all at all so i, I think you, you, well so, according to lincoln brown and i'm going to try to get this lincoln please, brown on the please. show mm-hmm. uh, he says that the film proposes that while a major cause celeb of christian nationalism is abortion the movement the christian nationalism movement mm-hmm. has its genesis in racism Specifically oh, in the please. opposition to desegregation. Please, I mean, I know, I, I mean, know. If, if we I, go back to the fifties, can we find a bunch of religion of the forties and fifties? Can we find a bunch of people in church every Sunday who opposed uh, integration? Of course, we can, and a whole lot of them are Democrats. So, well, most uh, of them are Democrats, so, I dare say. Uh, so I can't so anyway, it's a fa- it's a fascinating thing, and we're gonna well, let's follow up on that because I, I I want it, I want that to be on our radar because it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation. And as much Happy as Tuesday. as much as much as much as Rob Reiner makes my teeth itch, uh, on Twitter and with virtually everything he does, there will always be a very very soft spot in my heart for for not just Meathead and all in the family, but simply one of the greatest films of all time. This is Spinal Tap. Oh yeah, his appearance as it was, it was the first mockumentary where that, that posed yeah. as a documentary. As long as he did that, there always be just a little bit of forgiveness for. for and me I and love those. I love those mock uh, mockumentaries. Best tremendous. in show. Uh, oh Mighty gosh, Wind. So <laughs> oh Christopher Guest woven oh, through Virgin and Michael McKean woven through so many of them. You All right, man. Hey, you speaking bet. of great shows, can't wait for yours. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. You're ready. It is Tuesday. It is Mike Gallagher's turn at the mic. Ten o'clock. Soon as we're done, right here on six sixty AM. The answer. Of the border, Mexico way. Always looking for something topical. That's where I fell in love when stars above came out. Even when we go into the way, 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 way back machine. Uh, we've gone to the summer of 1940 now, kids. It is Joe Loss and his orchestra. South of the border. South of the border. Down Mexico way. 
down Mexico way. As fresh as today's headlines. All righty, we'll let uh, Joe and the orchestra take us out. Into the 8 o'clock hour, your calls, your thoughts. I got a bunch of thoughts about first uh, day of early voting, where this all may go, where it may go in November. I've got my Star Telegram column, which could post as early as today, either today or tomorrow. Because people have asked me, what if, what if Biden does take his exit ramp, but it's like at the convention? What in the world do Democrats do to scare up a replacement? I've done a little research, and I've found how this goes. And how things go in a number of other stories, global, national, local, let's put it all together. It is Tuesday. Glad you are here. 866-660-5759. Grab a line, and we'll continue. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.